Hello everyone. Can we start again? <laughs> Hello everyone. Oh, that was brilliant. I think I think you went you started too high pitch. Um yeah, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Green and Mulder show. Um just forget that for the next couple of seconds. Just forget that it even happens. Nope. No sound. But it'd be brilliant if we could just forget about that tiny little blip. Um because we've got a fantastic episode of the Green and Mulder show. It's episode number sixty. We're getting to a hundred, Sam. We're getting to a hundred. Episode sixty is with the comedian Anthony Young. Um Sam. We've had Lauren Patterson on, local comedian, and we've got another local comedian who is just as entertaining and just as funny. Uh, impeccably, t- well, we hope so, because we're actually recording the intro before the show today. Um, yeah, and impeccably timed, I think, because given our horrendous start to the season, I think we need a little pick-me-up and some uh, comedic cheer, which uh, hopefully Anth can provide. Uh, really looking forward to him. I've had him in mind for a while, actually. Um, and now gigs are back. Um, I urge Newcastle-based listeners, well, UK-based listeners, to go and see him live. Uh, now gigs are back. Uh, great night. Always always love a good night of uh, of comedy. Um, so, yeah, I'd go and check him out. There's some great places for comedy, especially in the northeast. The stand in Newcastle. Mm. Uh, Whitley Bay as well. Um it's just opened up a new, but there's a new venue in Whitley Bay, which is he's amazing. playing in that venue Thursday, I think. So that it would be the night Tuesday. this goes out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going all well, isn't it? Hey, we should do these more often, you know. We should yeah. do these sixty of these. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but we yeah, yeah. Well, comedy is. I think it's. A, I think especially for twenty twenty one with 2020 being such a, you know, really, really poor year for all sorts of reasons. I think comedy is the perfect, you know, recipe as a response, I suppose. But, um, and is... Are you, were uh, you trying to remember laughter is the best medicine? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the worst intro I've ever done. I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> because normally I'm not this bad. I really am not. But, sure. um... <laughs> So there we go. Um, so moving swiftly on, and you know, a comedy in the northeast. You can name a, a, obviously a few people. Um, obviously, Sarah Milligan is probably one of the one of the most uh, noble. Yeah, of course, Geordie comedians. So Chris Ramsey, Chris Ramsey, he'd be brilliant to get on as well. Like if we can get him on in the future. Right, it's not about him. It's about Anne. But it's about Anne Young. It's about Anne Young, and um, yeah be fantastic to hear his, hear his stories and um you know why comedy in newcastle is the perfect combination yeah i mean let's not forget he's a he's a huge newcastle fan as well so um i mean he's absolutely perfect for this show um yeah we all know it's a special part of the world the northeast and after of course we had fun beyond the show as well Obviously not based in the northeast, but Newcastle fan, and then of course Lauren, who was brilliant. Oh, uh, well done to her actually. She ran the Great North Run at the weekend, just gone. So shout out Lauren Patterson. Um, so yeah, and and Anth is is cut from the same cloth, isn't he? So um, something you can relate to being uh, Shields based, Johnny. Yes, very much so. But it's it's a good thing you mentioned the Great North Run because twenty twenty two is the year. That's Sam. Um, no, it you isn't. Will no, it isn't. Know. No, it isn't. We'll run. No. Or walk. 
or no. do something with the great because as you can remember on a previous Greenwood and Warner show with Steve Baharrell, fantastic episode, thoroughly recommend it. There was a bit of a gentleman's agreement, shall we say, between the Mr. Milner and Mr. Baharrell about Samuel doing the Great North Run. Yeah, but his and, end of the bargain was not upheld. Not through any fault of Steve's, I should add. Um, but it hasn't happened, so I don't have to run it. I think that's absolutely disgraceful, to be honest, because it is a worthy cause for Newcastle Foundation, and I think yeah. we should do a little bit. I donate to the foundation. Uh, Josh of Newcastle Fans TV ran it this year as well, so shout out to him in aid for the foundation. I donated. Did you? Of course I did. No, you didn't. Of course I did. Did you donate to Josh to Josh running the Great North Run? Not personally to Josh, but to the foundation I did. No, you didn't. You should have personally donated to Josh. I donated to Josh's fund. That's disgraceful, though. What, donating? You're saying charity donation is disgraceful, are you? No, not holding to your side of the bargain. 2022 is the year Mr. Milner will do the Great North Run. Uh, and if you're listening to this in uh, 2023, rest in peace, me. <laughs> this episode is in memory of Sam Mulder. <laughs> oh, God, that's bleak. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what is bleak, and that is Newcastle United, unfortunately, um, regardless of you listening to us now, two weeks, two months, two years, but I'm sure Andrew will put a comedic spin on everything Newcastle United. So this is a podcast not to be missed. And I think it's about time we got this show on the road. So it is the Green and Moment Show with Anthea. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Green and Moment Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. And today me and Sam are joined by a local comedian who loves Newcastle United. I'm sure there is a joke somewhere. So we have the perfect man. It is Anthea. And welcome to the Green and Moment Show. Thanks for having us, boys. Thank you. It's good to be here. And when did your love of comedy start? Um, I mean, I've always big Billy Connolly. My dad was a big Billy Connolly fan. I kind of grew up on him. But for me doing comedy, um, I was quite depressed about 12 years ago. And I, I mean, really down low. And I went to the stand that just opened. And I was watching some acts and I thought, this is amazing. So I started going three times a week. And there was one show I was watching someone and I thought, I'm better than him. So I put my name forward and uh, yeah, I've done that ever since. It's, it's, it's been a hell of a ride. Similar story with me, with me getting involved in NFTV. <laughs> I saw someone on the radio. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm waiting for the laughter. That's the only problem. So what came first then, the love of comedy or the love of Newcastle United? Newcastle United. Um now, I have to admit this, uh, I, I, I don't ever tell anyone normally, but given the show, uh, when I was about up until seven, I supported Man United because all my friends supported Man United. And my dad pulled me to one side, a uh, massive, massive Newcastle family dad. And he said, I'll tell you now, son, if you don't support Newcastle, that's fine. But I'll never take you to a Man new game. I'll never buy you a Man new top. And I, I'll never really accept you as a Man new fan. And I just went, yeah, okay. So he took us to a team game. I've, I've been a Newcastle fan ever since. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I think after Saturday's performance, um, with people, people listening on the podcast a couple of weeks ago against Manchester United, I think some people probably would have even blamed you after the, the, the scandals <laughs> of our football club. But we'll mention that a little bit later on. But you talk about Billy, Billy Conley being like your comedy hero. 
what was it about him that you just loved and did you want to implement his sort of style to your comedy? It's the storytelling. I'm, I'm a storyteller. I can't write jokes. Um, I, I do stories and hopefully they're funny at the end. And that was Billy Connolly. That was growing up watching him. I remember a story told about a camper van trip and he'd done all these things with the kids. And then he was like, what's your favourite memory, kids? And they went, um, oh, it was Rainbow. And he was like, it was a DVD in the camper van. And I just remember that being so funny. And that one joke really stuck with us. I just loved doing it. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. I've got some of the old DVDs uh, myself. Um, was it was it just Billy Connolly that you wanted to kind of not emulate, but th those were your main influences? Did you have anyone else? As a young, it was Billy Connolly. It was uh, Brendan Healy, uh, who I had a, a chance to meet a, a, about a year before he passed, and I've worked with his son Finn since. Um, them to really, and then more Jimmy Carr, like, I love dark humour, dark humour is up my street, so Jimmy Carr, Frankie Boyle, um, people like that when, when I got to the mainstream. I think dark humour is something that you've, you've got to just accept. You, if, you, if, you, if that's what you're going to see, nothing can really intimidate you. Do you. Is that something that you have to kind of tell your audience beforehand or can you just, um, kind of just put it out there straight away? Not normally. Normally, I've got to, I, I try to be a bit more more fun and, and, and friendly. I've got a couple of little dark jokes where you hear the audience go, ooh, and then they laugh. So I love that. But yeah. I wrote in lockdown when I went on tour with, uh, with Carl this year. I've done a joke at the start about my granddad dying during lockdown. It's quite a dark joke. And I've been like, look, I haven't had a chance to go at the Red Rose at the stand or little gigs and make myself family friendly please just strap in and get on board and they have been like since lockdown's over they've kind of went yeah that's we just want to be out of the house that's fine mate tell me about your granddad dying like it's been nice it's been good <laughs> how much of a relief is it now that you know we've got last year out of the way and you can finally get back on stage in front of a proper audience and or did you use that time during lockdown to think oh shit i've got to write some new material I mean, that definitely didn't happen. Uh, it should have. But, <laughs> um, and I loved lockdown. Do you know what? I loved having my wife and child with us all the time. It, it's stupid. And, but when I first got on stage with Carl, I mean, I don't know if you know Carl Hutchinson, he came off crying and I was choked up and I was like, yeah, we've, we've missed this. It was a massive relief. And uh, just before lockdown came in, I was due to do a sold out show at the, the stand at Newcastle, my first ever solo show. And I'm like, I'm finally getting, this is where I want to be. I'm getting there. And then uh, the shit hit the fan. So I'm finally getting to do it on the 31st of October, two years later. So fingers crossed everything. Boris doesn't shut the country down again. That would be great. I can't imagine me or Sam when we were going back to our day jobs, we were crying because we were so excited to be at a betting shop or a restaurant. <laughs> but, uh, but we'll, to we'll be fair, to... I, I was grateful for a bit of peace. I mean, I, I agree with you, Ant. I mean, I, I had I had um, my second child during lockdown one, the original lockdown, and uh, yeah, that was all well and good. But after lockdown two, lock harder and lockdown with a vengeance. It, it just I was kind of ready to have a, a day of, of you get more peace at work than you do at yeah. home. Kid, two kids during lockdown, a newborn, mate. I bet you would, I bet you were crying, just fucking get us back. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I thought, but then again, credit to yourself, because when I messaged you this morning saying, oh, I've had a bit of a mare and not set this, this is a stream up, you said you'd already been up since 6am and took your child swimming before school. Before school. That's, I mean, that that made me that, sick. How do you have that time? That's not good parenting. 
Well, bear in mind, one, I don't start work till about eight o'clock at night. Two, um, I don't like other people. So the idea of going after school, full of kids, shouting on, dunking, nah. There was me, Emma, an old man in the pool doing lens. That was it. Me and oh. I went because I'm selfish. <laughs> I had enough. Uh, yeah, I got home. She went. <laughs> how is that, how is that actually for someone that would love to be able to basically work their own hours? So you go to you say you start around, I say half seven, eight o'clock, and you work kind of like the the social hours, like unsociable for you, but social for other people. Yeah. And maybe what maybe what about that first gig? Maybe on that first gig when you people have paid for to see you and to see you perform. How much of a buzz does that give you? It's it's unbelievable. The fact that I've sold like 300 seats at the stand. And I remember my first ever gig, it was sold out at the stand. But that wasn't for me. Kevin Bridges was guest headlining. Wow. Um, so my first ever five-minute set. And I went up to Kevin and I went there. Everyone's just trying to be dead professional. There's me, a 30-year-old, wants to try comedy. I was like, hi, Kevin, I'm just a fan. Can I have a photograph? And he went, only if you're funny. I went, <laughs> And at my first five, I got like two or two, three applause breaks. I got a massive rapture when I came off. And Kevin Bridges just went, yeah, get your photo. And I was like, yeah, that's it. And I, I think what I'm trying to recreate every time I do a gig is that buzz, that feeling when I got off the adrenaline running through. It was, it was amazing. Like, I loved it. I mean, it does sound amazing. But there must have been, like, every, every comedian's died on their ass at some point, surely. Can, can, you, can you remember a time where you've you've had that and maybe just wanted to give it all up. Absolutely vividly. Um, I got booked in at weekends at the stand. Like the progression is you do Red Rose, you don't Gab Webster Sunday Assembly, which I was buzzing to get. Then you get your weekends at the stand. And just the weekend I was due to do, I'd done the Dog and Parrot in Newcastle. It was a the comedian's love it. It shit. There's any comedians watching and you're going, oh, the Dog and Parrot was a great gig. Yes, Chris Ramsey done his first gig there. Yes, Carl Hutchinson did. You've had Milligan on. The gig was shit. It was fucking horrible. <laughs> it was like six people in the audience. And the, I just went to watch. But like, oh, look, I'm you get weekends at the stand. You mind going on last? And I was like, yeah, I'm not ready to do that. I'm like, oh, just go up, it'll be good. Mate, I didn't get a single laugh. This woman turned around to her son, who'd been on stage already, and went, ooh, he's not very good. And in my head, I'm like, I'm meant to do the stand this weekend. Like, this is fucking... And I was ready to cancel the stand. I was ready to just go, oh, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, but luckily, luckily, uh, the stand was lovely, and I'd done well, and I'm still going. But yeah, that was, mate, that was fucking tough, that. Like, just hearing a woman go, he's not funny. Hey... Not really, not really a target demo, though, is it? It was literally uh, one comedian and his mum and dad, and the other four people were there, were all comedians who'd seen me set before. So, I, I mean, I was fighting a losing battle. It was horrible. To be fair, I'd, I'd probably want to go with the dog and parrot as well, to be honest with you. <laughs> just some experience anyway. But can you talk a little bit more about the stand? Because I think anybody that is from the area, now I think even people that aren't from the area, they want to go to the sand because of what it is and how, you know, I think, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, how prestigious that little, honestly, it's, it's probably like, a, it's, it's a small place when, when it comes to a comedy venue. But it's, I've been there a few times and you always come out entertained and you get your, your value for money and you, it's always a good night, isn't it, it's just such a good, uh, the, the way they do it is brilliant. If you're in a big group, you're paying a deposit and they'll kick you out anytime they want. 
Um, there's no stag and hen parties. They, they're there for the comedians. They want the comedians to have a good time. And if the comedians are having a good time, the audience are going to have a good time. And they kind of weed out the shit early on due to Red Raw. So if you're not good enough, you're not going to get progressed to the weekend. So you're always wanting... If, if you're good enough, you're going to do weekends, and that's what you want as a comedian. That's why when you've went, you've had a good time. It's the same as Glasgow and it's the same in Edinburgh. It's just such a good night. What's the kind of big aims? that Have you set any like aims, or have you just wanted to see where it goes, or do you want to like sort your own nationwide tour out, or you know I'm, how it is? I, I, I wouldn't – I don't know. I'm, I never had any ambition – making it on TV when I got into comedy. I just wanted to do it for a job. Um, and I've supported Carl. I, I supported Chris Ramsey the other week, which was fantastic. I've done City Hall. Um, the last dream, and it's stupid, most people want a TV show or a grand trial, like you say. I literally want to do Sunday for Sammy. My dad had all the Sunday for Sammy DVDs before he passed. I still buy them every year for him. To, to do that, like I'd be up there for me dad, it would be fantastic. Like that's me dream to do Sunday for Sammy. Uh, and then, sorry, then I, can on, sorry. I can die on my horse, I can quit comedy, I'll be happy. I was just gonna say, I think you always you always see little clips. There's not on YouTube, it's on like any social media, and that is so prestigious that that uh Sunday for Sammy. It's like Lawrence, isn't it? Lauren's done it, uh, Carl Halbert's done it, like uh, Steph Petty, a bunch of my mates have done it. Like, and I don't want to just ring Jason Cook up and go, Jace, please, just in me dead dad's memory, give us the fucking gig. I want, I want to get there on my own merit, you know what I mean? But if you're watching Jason, just give us a gig, mate. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, how long are you going to give it until you ring him? Yeah, probably another year or two, and I'll be like, come on, you, you've given us uh, the City Hall three times now, just give us the arena, mate. <laughs> I mean, going back to kind of your other love, which is shared with me and Johnny of Newcastle, I mean, that place is a, a comedy in itself, but not a very funny one at the moment. No. Um, what What's your take on not just the current situation, but the, the situation of the past 14, 15 years? Well, 15, 15 years ago, I had a season ticket. Uh, I went every week. I loved it. I even had a little soft spot for Mike. You know, when he was given the free paint, so we'd get there at like half two and get a free paint. I was like, love this guy. This is great. And I seen where it was going. And I, I, I said to my dad at the time, I said, dad, this is going to hit up. I went, I'm getting rid of it now. And unlike most people, I did get rid of my season ticket quite early and just washed my hands of it. And what kills us the most is I've stopped caring. Like, I, if I was, I, I'd do Saturday football, I managed uh, Hazelrig with, with Bully. Um, I'd always have one eye on my phone. I'd always be like, what's a two and score? Now I get in and I go to Kate. How many did we get beat by? Because me, me, me love of the game's absolutely gone. Alan St. Maximan's that little spark in he, Like, if I had to leave my wife, it would be for Alan St. Maximan. <laughs> I absolutely adore that man. Um, there he is. Oh, get in. I love him. He's so sexy. I love Alan St. Maximan, um, and he's the one spark. The last game I went to, I can't even tell you who it was. I happened to get a, some box tickets off Storm Game, the one we sponsored a couple of seasons. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. I, got, I got a box seat off them. And me and Dale, me mate, watched the first half. And we went back in. I went, look, there's three PR in here. They haven't got Alan St. Maximan on the pitch. Let's just stay in the bar. And then it was like 20 minutes from the end, Cabbage Head brought Maximan on. So made him run outside, back to the seats, and just watched it because Alan St. Maximan was on the pitch. Love him. Absolutely love him. 
No, he's such a fantastic player. And he is he is the game changer for us when he's when he's on it. And he's got a little bit of support like a Callum Wilson. You know, he's on he's a very much a, a, a guy that you, you watch on the edge of your seat. But it is like you say, very tough. And people I think I think it's not just yourself, and I think there's a lot of people that have stopped caring and yeah. really want change. Um are you more you need change both the manager and the owner as soon as possible or no. one more than the other right away? How do you see it? I want the owner gone, first and foremost. Um, it's rotten to the core. We're taking ice baths, ice baths and bins. Like, I had fucking a blow paddling pool. I've got a bigger one for my daughter. Like, that's that's wrong. That is... And he, he gives Sam Allardyce a bunch of money because he was building a cryo chamber, wasn't he? And then Sam got sacked and he just stopped building that. Like, we've got nothing there. Now, I've got a soft spot for Steve Bruce um, as, a, as a human, as a person. I like him. Um, <laughs> this is going to... There'll not be many people know this bit. I, I trained as a hairdresser when I first left school. I worked at Jazz Hair Design in Wall's End. And I was washing a woman's hair once. And she was like, do you play football? I went, oh, yeah, I do, yeah. She's like, who do you play for? And like, Hazel Riggs always been my team. I was like, has he? She went, oh, my son plays. So I went, oh, who phone? I was expecting like the dog in Parrot or someone. She went, oh, he used to play for Man U. I went, what, sorry? She went, oh, my son, Steve Bruce. So I was watching ah. Bruce's man's hair. So he just went to Sheffield United and he got the player manager's job. And I was like, tell him good luck. Like, I hope he does really well. Like, I loved him as a defender at Man U. And she used to come in. She'd be like, Steve says thank you. And she'd always update us on him and that. So I've got a proper soft spot for him. But uh, he's just not fit for Newcastle. Like, he's probably more adapted to the lower leagues. And I hate to see it because I, I think he's a nice guy. This is the thing, like, because he was touted for the job when Sir Bobby got sacked. And Sir Bobby recommended him for the job back then when I think he, he, was, he was doing a very good job at Birmingham, to be fair. Birmingham, yeah. And it's just kind of not quite clicked. And it's the same old excuses. And oh, I, I, I agree with you, though. I, I don't dislike him and I think I feel sorry for him in one sense because of the shit from above. Yeah. But as a as as what happens on the pitch goes, it's he's very tactically limited, isn't he? Very much so. And people always go, he's a great man manager, he's a great motivator. Which in the combination league, which like Hezzy's just started back in, that's a good thing to have. Players will run through a brick wall for our gaffer bully. They'll absolutely die for him. You don't need to do that at Premier League level. You need to, to sit and, and you know what really pissed us off? We'll dust ourselves down and we'll go again. Oh. No, Steve, go back and watch the fucking video. We'll see what went wrong, you daft bastard, and put it right. We don't just dust ourselves down and move on. Fucking <laughs> Honestly, we got beat 4-0 the other week of fucking heaven and I could have punched the shit out of all the players. Steve Bruce comes out and he's, oh, well, we'll fucking try. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was but it was that was twelve weeks of dusting ourselves down. Just an absolute infuriateness. And I again and I think I'm going off my favourite player of all time here. When uh, Graham Jones had Rob Lee's son, um I don't think Rob Lee really rated Graham Jones as a manager. And there's that in the back of my head always going, if Rob Lee doesn't rate you, I don't rate you. So I really I I think we've done better under Graham Jones. Um, alongside Brucey, but I don't think he's the answer either. I agree. 
I agree. I, th- I think with Graham Jones is you can you can be a very good coach, and we've seen it throughout history. Good coaches don't always make good managers. Brian Kidd, Steve McLaren, every, John, everyone. Alex John Ferguson. Carver, greatest coach in the world, isn't he? Exactly. Crap manager, though, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, you obviously talk about your fact you got a soft spot for Steve because I actually agree. I think he's someone you'd love to go and I would have a pint with and you know yeah. talk, maybe talk football with, but you just wouldn't want to manage in your football club. If you had like a magic wand and like a realistic manager, and I know the owner's a very, very difficult object, but if you could get someone and to manage Newcastle United, if it's not Steve Bruce, who would you recommend or who would you want? I mean. I think if we get the owners in, everyone wants to see Bobby Robson's protégé. I'd love to see Jose Mourinho at Mr. Robson's Newcastle. But realistically, I was just saying the other day, I don't think anybody that would want to come to our club and could change it. I think the best option we'd have would be someone like Chris Hutton. Yeah, I know he's doing shade at Forest, but he's tactically good. We've seen that at Newcastle. We've seen he can get the best out of players. I'd just bring him back for the interim until we finally get a new owner in. I don't know who else there is. I don't rate Eddie Howe. I don't really rate Sean Deitch. Like, the only kind of coaches I think we could get, I wouldn't want. What, what's your pick, boys? Who would who would you want? I mean, I don't think Chris Hutton would come back in a million years because he's already been shat on, hasn't he? He's like shit, same as Shearer. He didn't even get sacked. Well, no, that's right. Um, I don't know. Eddie Howe's the kind of obvious choice, but I, I agree with you. I think he kind of missed his boat to leave Bournemouth and go on to bigger and better things, and it's it's kind of backfired big time with him, hasn't it? Apart from that, who is that? I was saying to Johnny before um, we came on air that we're just I'm head in hands. We're going to end up with Big Sam again, who I absolutely despise. I can't stand the guy, but I, there's just no one... No one's going to put up with the current ownership shite. No. Not at all. Like how we were saying, one player. Uh, there must be a stipulation in buying this club where you're not allowed to reveal the books. Because, Jesus fucking Christ, he sold the land off for next to now, then he so- his son-in-law's made a mint on it. We've signed and- sold Andy Carroll, sold all these big players, yet he's paid none of that loan back. Where's wh- I know the joke is, where's the money, but where has it gone? So if I the first thing I'd do if I bought this club is I'd go through the books and show the fans. I genuinely believe there's a clause in the buying contract that says you're not allowed to show them the books. Do you not think it's a case that the like say, local journalists have already got all this information and are just waiting for that day that Ashley leaves the club and then go, That's what we've been that's what we've had, that's the shite we've had, and now we can tell you. I would, I would love that because obviously we know he loves suing people. Christ, he's in the Premier League as we speak. Like, you don't want to litigate a man that's got that much money. So, yeah, hopefully, I hope uh, Lee Ryder and that is sitting on it. Brilliant. Do you remember when he said that you're welcome to come to the book fair and come and look at the books? Was it to the to the NUS, to the supporters' trust? It was yeah. to the fans, yeah. And the solicitor wrote home and said, like, yeah, these are my credentials. I'd love to come and look at your books. And he never got a look at them. Correct. He ne- they, they never got back to him. They're still waiting. No. I mean, that combined with the way he's, he's, he's treated club legends like um, Shearer, Keegan. I mean, even Solano, who we've had on the show previously, he was so cool. But he was saying to us... He, he, we spoke to Nobby Solano from his mom's house in Peru. That's amazing. And his broadband was better than mine. But, <laughs> 
<laughs> but but he said he he was he approached them for a job uh, was about ten years ago, and he said he was treated like he played for Sunderland for ten years. That tells you all you need to know. I, I know. Um, I, I've got to give this man a shout out. Uh, the week my dad died, I had a, he's got a mutual friend with Malcolm McDonald. Malcolm McDonald came round my dad's house, uh, and he gets no respect off the club either. Absolutely none. Like you'd, you'd think a man that's done that much for the club, you'd have him a seat. He's, he goes to North Shields instead because he's tra- like absolute chill at the tune. It needs it needs something from top to bottom. Amanda Steely's probably the right person for it. I don't care which consortium she comes with. We just need someone that gives a shit. I think that's the that's the one thing, isn't it? Is the care for the football club, and you know we don't have that at the minute. And you know everybody can say this, that, and the other about maybe the Saudis or whoever. I think you've made a very good point, and it seems that Amanda Staley gets it, and she wants to try to improve this football club on off the pitch with the community you know with with everybody so you just hope that she can get it right but the longer this goes on the longer it's more more toxic and you know we've got obviously leads on friday for the podcast letters will already know the result of this yeah if you're listening to this on the podcast which is released on tuesday you already know we've lost to leads <laughs> three what three want the leads yeah. <laughs> but yeah. do you think it do you think this could be the moment where it could go really, really wrong for everything. It's on the telly. It's against. It's against a team that you know play a certain way that Newcastle fans would actually like to see their own team play to a certain extent. Yeah. If we were to lose and lose badly, how bad does it look on Bruce? How bad does it look on the ownership? How bad will the fans take it? You know, there's rumours of protests. You know, how how bad could it be? Um, I, I don't think. First of all, I don't think the owner gives a shit. We could get turned over 10 0 and he'll sleep like a baby. He doesn't give a monkeys. Um, Steve, I think, hand on heart, I think Steve Bruce doesn't want to be here, but there's probably too much money on the line in the audience his last payday and not do. And I'm not going to argue with anyone on money because that's your livelihood. I think the fans, and this is your cast of fans TV, they're not going to enjoy this, are a bit shit. Like, you look at West Ham, they invaded the pitch, they got at the blokes. You look at the Man U situation, they went down, they blocked the bus, Chelsea blocked the bus. They were fucking up in arms. What do we do? Get out of our club. Get out of our club. Fucking do something. Don't just storm the pitch. Fucking kick off. Cause a ride every time there's a camera. Go and fucking set off flares and kick off. Sing and get out of our club. He's laughing his tits off. Are you, get, are you going to the game to do that on Friday? Of course not. I'm not getting arrested. I've got a young <laughs> I think if, if it was like 20 years ago before I'd like met, met my wife and daughter and stuff, I'd have been game as a badger for stuff like that. Like, but, <laughs> but like you look at the other clubs, the other clubs are so impactful and we'll literally stand there with a banner outside his shop and it's, it's heartbreaking because we, we obviously love the club. We're just too fucking nice. The best we can do is get out of our club, storm the pitch, kick off. Yeah. Don't, abuse, don't hit him, though. Don't hit him. Fuck me, Christ. Don't hit anyone. Yeah, we, we, we don't. Yeah, but please abide the law at all times. Imagine some guy getting arrested on Sky Sports. Some fat bloke on a podcast said, hit him. Like, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you ask where the money's gone. I mean, that that's where it has gone, though. Debenhams, House Fraser, and Sports Direct, and all that. Oh, he's, he's definitely paying his cell. 
How long were we getting sponsored for by Sports Direct with no cash? That in itself is fraud. That needs investigating. Premier League couldn't give a shit. Couldn't give a shit. Yeah, that's a really no. fair point. But I, one thing I would like to touch on, Anthony, it's, it's something that I've seen on your Twitter page, and it actually made me smile, and it, it always kind of takes back to your, the grassroots of it. And you went to go and see a Newcastle women play with yeah. your daughter. And Probably enjoyed it. I was just going to say, did it make you fall in love with Newcastle United, but just in a different way? Because we've interviewed Betty Lang, and actually, actually bumped into her where I work, um, yeah, just yesterday. And she, she's got a beaming smile on her face. The, the girls are doing so well. The, uh, the, I, think the, I, don't, I think they've only, I don't think they've lost a game yet this season. I think they've won. They lost no, they're unbeaten. I'll have that. been a pre-season game then. Yeah. But you're doing class, watching them, they played football, uh, they got plenty of shots. I couldn't believe it. It was watching Newcastle attack. Like I was like, Jesus Christ, it used to be like this a few years ago. Like, they went for it. Uh, the game I went to, and I saw be um, twisted and knee really badly. Uh, so absolute shout out to Dunny's dad for being the physio on that one. Um, but the, watching the girls was fantastic. It was absolutely great. Uh, and you get close as well. So for the penalty... I was in the line of yaks. I, I know Johnny from the Sunday League games. And I was like, Johnny, that's a Johnny, get your flag up. Johnny, that's a pen. And I didn't relent until we got the pen and got a send off. And I was like, Freddie, you can't keep shooting the pen. I was like, Johnny, you know that's a red card. She's just chucked her in the face. And uh, yeah, got a, got a send off and got a red card. It was great. Yeah. Uh, Lee from our channel was there and vlogged the game. And, and he, he captured that bit on camera. And, and that, that keeper had a temper on her. Mate, do you know what the defender said? The keeper said, I didn't push her in the face. It was the defender. And I was like, you can absolutely get the fuck. And you're trying to be nice because it's ladies. But, like, honestly, she can fuck off. <laughs> yes. Nah, not we got it on camera. There's no arguing. We got it on camera. Yeah, it was, it was great. It's good to watch. Um, I didn't realise they played on a Sunday. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I went this Sunday as well. Uh, but I've said to Emma that there, I'm going to take out of the girls instead. Uh, the lads can go and shove it up their arse for the time being, like, how much is your daughter enjoying it? And is it? Do you think it's something that maybe she looks up to? Maybe like sort of Brooke Cochran, for example. You know, who's Newcastle ladies captain? And you know, it again, it's that the fun side of it. Your daughter must now want to go and watch Newcastle women and want oh, to be the next Brooke Cochran, essentially. She just wants to be with her dad at the minute, and she knows her dad loves football, so she does it. So I've said, like, uh, my mate Lanky runs a, a, a club down in Fordley, and I was like, look, do you want to go down there? Sure, I'm your son goes. Like, he's your age. You can play with Shola's young. And... No, oh, dad, I, I see where you're going with this. Get be friends to... with him. Be friends with him. Really? I could get him to sign for the, in the combination league for Hezzy on a Saturday, man. It'll be better. Um, but, yeah, she's just not, she's not buying into it as much as I want her to. Uh, she sings songs that I'm not allowed to repeat on the channel, but I get her to sing quite a bit because uh, my wife supports Sheffield United. So we'll, we'll kind of gang up with her a little bit. But my wife's from Sheffield, though. It's not like she grew up in the tune and supported that load of shade. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the fact that we, we're pushing the women's game. The amount of blokes I see on Facebook and Twitter going, no, oh, it's not, it's Sky News is putting women's football on. Good. Fucking good. It's brilliant. I want, how the, like, I want Newcastle to invest just a little bit more on the ladies. Because up until this season, I don't even think they were wearing proper kits or anything. Well, they're really. Like, they've been properly forgotten about for years. So it's nice to see that they're getting a bit of a push off the actual club. Yeah, no, they're, they're all funded by the 
club charity. Who, who this podcast now going fucking women's football. I love it. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we, we've had the captain and the manager on on, on this show, so they know we're yeah. we're fully behind them. But good, I like the lasses. And if she is watching their absolute speed of recovery, down, I suppose be like sat looked like a horrible knee injury. Yeah, well, I spoke to, I spoke to Becky about that um, yesterday, and the latest with that is that she is waiting for like a scan results, and just hopefully everything's okay with that. But just while Sam sorted some technical issues, um, and just talk about the Northeast Comedy Club essentially, because we talk about Lauren Patterson, and you know you like to say I'm looking at that, but is there an up and coming Northeast group of comedians that you need to keep an eye on? Yeah, um, we've, they've kind of got, I say they, we've got together, uh, I'm just a backseat passenger on it, <laughs> like this, this felt out thing, so um, it's just northeast gigs for northeast acts, and they're kind of looking after we and um, they've done headshots of that day for free, your headshots are only three, £400, they put them on for it, uh, there's a gig at Whitley Bay this weekend, not like, well, Last weekend, if you listen to the podcast, um, at Laurels and Whitley Bay, that's a new club that's opening. And they've got Davy Johns from I, Daniel Blake on. Paul Sinner's been down. He's opened it. So they're just putting gigs on all across the northeast. And the big name to look out for, other than uh, Miss Lauren Patterson, who you've already had on, is another girl in my eyes, and it's Louise Young. Louise Young is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think she's she's the next big thing from the northeast, 100%. I'll have, to keep, I'll have to get her on the show so she can uh, talk about her career in the future. But of, of course, comedy is the biggest love of your life. And what is the best gig you've done that's not been in the North East, not been in Newcastle? Is there a particular area of the country that you can't, oh my God, I, I just love going down there to perform? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've done Staffordshire. I'm, trying to, I, 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 I'm very fortunate where Carl Hutchinson got us in a support act quite quite young I was quite new in the comedy game and I was shit I was absolute dog shit so I've done a lot of good gigs with Carl um, and I think Milton Keynes is just a lovely little because it's a weird as fuck town like they think they're massive but it's it's really weird um, they're just they're a nice they're a nice group of people to, to perform to big theatre um, but yeah it's, it's nice to do down there to be honest and Barnard Castle. I don't know if Barnard Castle is within the northeast, but I love doing Barney Castle. That's I really thought you were only allowed there if you needed your eyes testing. Yeah, you should, you've got to go in like that all the time. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they've got uh, they've got postcards. I've been to Barnard Castle and got my eyes tested and stuff. They've really bought into it. I love oh, it. their marketing manager was on that like a flash. Fair play. I was just on the phone with my wife before I was doing the gig and I started laughing. She said, why are you laughing? I was like, I'm in a gift shop and if it was open, I'd spend about £20. It was just... <laughs> it was great. Go on, Johnny. Guys, I was going to say, it, it, that's just brilliant. But do, 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 do you pick up on those little things? Just like if you're in an area, like if you go to Milton Keynes and you see something, you go, right, I'm going to... That's going to be one of my first couple of jokes. At the same like Barn and Castle, just little things like that. Yeah, obviously Leeds. Um, I'll tell you now, there's always going to be a Jimmy Savile joke if I'm doing Leeds 100%. They hate it. Um, so I'm <laughs> in. And I forgot where I was, but I had a joke about it's not liking kids and how I hate other people's kids. And I went, I've been around your town for two hours and there's not a kid in sight. And this bloke just went, Rolf Harris is locked up in our prison. And I went, oh, that'll do it. And like, <laughs> it just presented itself. It was the perfect heckle. So yeah, like little things like that I always try to, if I can incorporate wherever I am, you definitely you do that. Yeah, I mean, but 
thing is that you, you've you've not done it until you've you've played the Stafford Gatehouse Theatre. I mean, oof. Um, if if I mean, there's a part of us now wants to check if I have because like I <laughs> said, when you're on tour, like all the gigs blur into one. So like we'll go somewhere and Carl will be like, it's such it's such and such. Like this happened, that happened, and I'm like, haven't got a clue. And then I get there, I'm like, oh, I, I do know you're right. Sorry. So like I, I might have played Staffordshire, but it's it's definitely you wouldn't. Not. I mean, it, it's not very memorable at all. I, mean, I, I saw I've, I've been to a couple of gigs. Who have I seen there? Ed Byrne, Milton Jones. Yeah, I think that's about as big as it got. Which ain't Who's bad. Better, Ed or Milton? Ed Byrne. Right. Just Jen. Yeah, I've seen Ed Burn a couple of times. Why was that? Is that the, the wrong? Is that the no, no? Just a very different comedians. Um, yeah. Very uh, different. It's, it's a broad church. I mean, like, you know, everyone's welcome. But yeah, no, I've, I've seen seen plenty of acts down there. But yeah, it, it's it's not. Stafford, Stafford's a very weird place. It's a very kind of. But like very po-faced and not not a very overly friendly town. So I mean, oh, well, I never want a fucking gig there. I mean, it sounds horrible. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, just just go down the road and do Telford instead. I'll bear that in mind. Just one quick question on comedy before we wrap things up. It's about heckles. How do you deal with them? Um, I know. Truthfully, I used to be quite angry, like and tell them to fuck off and stuff like that. But now I, I just like I ask them to repeat it because when you ask someone to repeat it, they lose all the the anonymity, the the bravado, and then they sound like a bit wussy as they say it. And normally the audience laughs over the top of them. And you're like, yeah, that's fine, move on. Um, the only heckle I've, I ever really used to get was there. Uh, you know, you look like Johnny Vegas. So it was like, right, okay, now I just need to come out reference the fact I look like Johnny Vegas and move on. But I came out in lockdown looking like Brian Blessed, to be honest with you. It's like, uh, I'm never going to yeah, so I'll take Johnny Vegas at the minute. <laughs> Have you ever heard about that? I used to go to away games quite a bit um, and I used to get on what was known as the party bus by John the Badge. And uh, he, he got he, he got killed and he, there was a murder investigation a couple of years ago about him. He wasn't a nice guy. But Brian Blessed got on the bus, Arsenal away, we got beat 4-0 or something. And he's like, it all went downhill since we sold Nobby Solano. And I'm at the back of the bus after a day on the drink going, is that Brian Blessed? <laughs> you know, like someone's like, he's a Newcastle fan. And this John the Badge got up and headbutted him. Blessed must have been in his 70s, like bust his nose open. And I just sat at the back. I never got on another away trip with him. I was in a right little huff after that. But yeah, Brian Blessed, I didn't realise it was a Newcastle fan, got on the away yeah. bus. And like, Nobby Solano! It was such a good line and a blessed voice to hear. Nobby! So yeah. I mean, was there any request for him to say Gordon's alive or anything like that? Oh, I'd, I'd shouted that about 10 times by the time he got on, like, onto the middle of the bus. Like, Gordon's alive! So, yeah, he didn't need to say it. I already covered that for him. Like. Speaking of which, and a request, I mean, I don't want to treat you like a performing monkey, but after watching your stuff on YouTube, it's a very vivid impression of a baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it is, it, it's ridiculously good. Just have a quick two, let us get in. It is I want obviously I want you to do it, but how did you realise you could do that? So, I, so I've got asked this, and I was thinking about it, and I like to talk to cats. It's a bit weird, like if my friend I don't have cats, 
but if we make you got a cat, I'm going to go like, now, cats don't actually sound like that in the wild. They learn to intimidate ba uh, copy babies, and that's why they do the voice to endear themselves to, to humans because cats are fucking horrible little creepy bastards. Agreed. So I think going from a, cat's, a cat meow to the baby cry, it's just all up in the nasal passage. So it's like... <laughs> And like I say on stage, I don't need to do the facial expression. I can literally do this. <laughs> Which is horrible. So yeah, the baby cry. Is that what you want? That... Epic sounds gone. <laughs> ridiculous. And uh, he's gone. He's gone. But have you, have you, have you used it in like, proper weird places? Are they just to, like, just to get a laugh? Oh, um, like, I'll, I'll carry Emma's dolly about, like, in the street. And, like... <laughs> And just drop it like people are like fuck you dropped the baby then it's not even real and i do it shopping quite a bit if i don't want to go shopping like i'll go to kate i'll do the baby cry don't do and i'll literally push the trolley on going like <laughs> so i do it in the shops quite if you ever in killing killing what morrison's and you hear a baby cry it's this guy <laughs> <laughs> Oh and that's where I'm shopping from now on. I don't care if it's an extra 25 minutes on my journey, I'm doing it. I don't care. Just want to share <laughs> I mean, that, that noise is just epitomizes why I'm booked in for a vasectomy next week. And where are the latest gigs that you'll be doing in maybe in the northeast just for uh, more local uh, listeners? Um, definitely the one I, I would love to sell out my second gig. I've sold out the 31st of October. My 8 o'clock show has sold out. But I think there's still about 100 tickets left for my 4 o'clock show. I never thought I'd be arrogant enough to be able to say that. There's oh, Mr. Matinee over here. <laughs> there's about 400 tickets left for me. 400? Fucking hell. 100 left for me 4pm show. And that's the 31st of October. I do the baby cry. I, I talk about getting uh, my foreskin chopped off. Uh there's there's a lot of dark you didn't see it coming humour in there like so yeah uh, hopefully hopefully it'll be good fingers crossed there you go Sam there's a preview of the vasectomy in a couple of weeks yeah can't wait <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a very tender week next week I'm, I'm, I'm... I mean I hope the bit's finished but like some woman pulled us at a gig once you know she went do you know that if a, a pregnant woman she has a baby crying her nipples automatically lactate. So, like, every time I do it on stage, I'm like, someone might be getting the milk here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> to a 40, nearly 40-year-old 40 bloke doing the baby crying, they're like, Jesus Christ, arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. I think, do you know what it is? For, with me and Sam were talking about maybe it's such a difficult year last year, I think just 40 minutes, 45 minutes with you, I think can make it a very, very good year just with a few laughs and just, you know, talking, putting the world to write about Newcastle United and comedy. I think it's a pretty good yeah. combination. I'm, I'm ready to watch us lose against Leeds on Friday now. I'm, I'm in the best spirit. Are you going? Are you? You've got tickets in there? I am, unfortunately. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that breaks Steve Bruce's leg by accident just to an off-the-ball challenge. Um, <laughs> that was a red card. Never mind. We're not going to that. Um <laughs> I would love to beat Leeds. They, they love them. They love themselves, don't they? It'd be great. Oh, they do. They do. I, I know it's a slightly off topic, but oh, it would just be nicer to shut them up for a couple of hours, wouldn't it? Mate, 
I'll, I'll ask you is a comedian called Rob Mulholland sucking off Bielsa on Twitter, and I'd love to tell him to fuck off on Friday. I'll answer it, Maximum. That's all I've been asking of you, mate. Just let us tell another comedian to fuck off. <laughs> Sam, where can people listen to this podcast? All podcast apps available every Tuesday, new episodes, and then the links for all the previous episodes are in the description as well. For myself, Jonathan Green, and Sam Mullen, our fantastic guest, Anthony Young. Thanks, boys. We'll see you all very soon.